millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics Show Pubcast. The podcast only knows is the Politics Show Pubcast, ladies and gentlemen. And the pedos and terrorist defense act. <laughs> That's the official Politics Show position. Politics Show advocates leaving the ECHR. Yeah. I'm End the podcast. Unfortunately. <laughs> I am going to have to row back my support of Dominic Cummings <laughs> in, li- in light of his recent tweets. It turns out my political enemy is, in fact, my political enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Who could have seen that coming? Um, the bitch is back. Hello. Ed Campbell. Golden boy. Dragon boy. I'm back. The filth. Defender of <laughs> the shores. Britain. Defender of the cenotaph. Defender the- <laughs> yeah, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were there, yeah. Yeah, you texted me saying, are you at the cenotaph? I was like... Yeah, working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, how are, how are we? Good man. Nice couple of days. Yeah, yeah, missed you. Missed you guys. Enjoyed. Listening Did you? To the podcast. Yeah, I like coming to work. Believe it or not. That's cute. Wow. <laughs> yeah, love you too, man. Didn't say that, but <laughs> say it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ava. Hi. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, great. Good. I'd like a nickname. It's Capital J journalist. I'd like something else. Something maybe the Reddit can decide on. This is the problem. I mean, oh, yeah, don't do that. It can't be anything worse than what my own mother calls me. So I think it could be. <laughs> I think it really could you be. don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing with nicknames, isn't it? You can't, you can't demand it. Right. If you say, I want one, it's not, it doesn't happen. You know? Or if you say, I want it to be fucking... I don't know. <laughs> do you have any nicknames? Like, as in, like... Me? Yeah, outside of the podcast in, like, real life. No. What's Ollie's nickname? My name. But your name's Oliver. Are you Edward? Yes. Is Ed a nickname? I think so. Or short for it, isn't it? I don't think... I don't, or maybe not a nickname, but it's a pseudonym of sorts. <laughs> My nom de plume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, E.D. <laughs> um, I once, when one of my first uh, sort of bits of journalist experience, I was invited to write for a sports blog. And... Um, 
the uh, editor was like, what's your pseudonym? And I was like, and because I was so young, I didn't realize that a totally normal response would be, no, I don't have a pseudonym. Just, I, <laughs> it's actually quite useful for me to get some like bylines. No. So I should operate under my own name. But I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. um, I instead decided... Joseph Stalin. <laughs> no, I, I decided I, I, had to, um, I had to come up with a pseudonym. And so I settled on... Fucking hell. Why am I telling a story? Uh, J.S. Durden. Uh, <laughs> which, is, which is a combination of, at the time, one of my favorite political philosophers, uh, J.S. Mill and Tyler Durden <laughs> <laughs> from Fight Club. <laughs> you're destroying the set. <laughs> Oh, There's not much of it. You're your still managing it. Yeah, well, that fucking. Was, that's the most like soft boy like, <laughs> thing I've actually seen. Fight Club, <laughs> and I get the ending. Blogging about Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not seen daylight. Are we not all in Fight How Club? How old were you? Seventeen. Okay, that's. I, uh, if you're any, Does that older, make it permiss permissible. Yeah, I think if you're a child, then that's kind of fine. I think if you're 22, then. I was paying tax at that time as well. So, I mean, like, how much of a child can I be? God, how much was the blog paying you? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> no, Mackie's. Mackie's work. Oh, um, yeah, right. Yeah. What if I just told that story? Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Given that's a lot of ammunition, isn't it? Yeah. Um, should we talk about the day's politics or do we want to? Yeah. yeah can we also lot. just confront one rumor that it really is bothering me? Yeah. This is not a green screen. Oh, yeah. It's not. No, it's not. I like they think that we have a green screen and we choose black curtain. <laughs> <laughs> we could be anywhere. And you think we have the, the lack of imagination yeah. to be in, in fact it's just a in lack the of, void. It's just a lack of budget. <laughs> lack of imagination at all. What um if you, if it was a green screen, what would you superimpose behind? Like a really nice like Oxford College library? Something like that? Something rich and intellectual. I'd be in the bar with Pre President G and David Cameron. Is that a reference to yesterday's? <laughs> sure is. Pretty meta. <laughs> fucking meta. Oh, I listened to all of your recalls. <laughs> Dresden during the firebombing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Was it, is there photos of that? Uh, yeah, I think there are. They've survived. Yeah. Okay. I think mean, they took them from the planes, no? Oh, no. <laughs> God, that's... If this was 10 years ago. We should really document this war crime. <laughs> this is really bad. <laughs> Who would do this? Maybe we should stop. Let me just check that. I think you're probably right. This is, this like is the, the sort of this is the sort of Google search that fucking gets you on the prevent list, isn't it? <laughs> Not your other opinion. No, it's aftermath. Okay. It's aftermath. Aftermath is darker. It's pretty bad that. Maybe that shouldn't be the background. <laughs> But she's Just fucking a thumbnail. burnt to a crisp, that one. Oh my God. That is not okay. <laughs> yeah. I would have thought Google would have filtered something like that. No, safe search is off. Yeah. Good, that's good. <laughs> We're just freewheeling today, boys. <laughs> <laughs> no stabilizers on my bike today. <laughs> no hand holding from Nanny State Google. That's bad, that. Ten years ago, you would have both said, like, the gimp cage in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and now Walk Walker has gone mad. Yeah. And we can't say what we really think for fear of being cancelled. Pulp Fiction in your poster in your uni uni dorm room. I had a Reservoir Dogs. Still pretty sick. Photo. Tarantino, am I right? Absolutely. Yes. Hell He's yeah, so brother. good at making films. <laughs> <laughs> what was on the wall in your uni room? 
No, not very much. It was very tasteful then. But what, what I did Spartan do... Spartan nothing. <laughs> no, <laughs> as it comes. It was tasteful. But um, Very light. When I was about 14, I had to do this really cringe thing where I like ripped up a copy of The Great Gatsby and put that all over my walls. Well, like the actual like, written text? Yeah, that's so nuts. embarrassing. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> is that on a par with saying my pseudonym is J.S. Durden? Um, Please say it is. I think it is. Well, but they're so different because that's outward facing. Mm. As an Ava did that in the privacy of her own bedroom. Yeah, you, but then you, I'd be like, told, "Don't come in here, Mum. All right?" Because that's how I was talking then. Obviously, that's, that's <laughs> um, real. Like uh, I don't know. You you go but you go back with someone from Freshers Week and you get into their room and you're like, what the fuck? Well, if you went back with me during Am I Freshers safe? Week and I was 14, <laughs> no, there'd be yeah. another you set of questions. You'd have bigger, <laughs> bigger problems. I'm not saying specifically that example. I'm saying if you were to go into well, a I'm room. I'm in a 14-year-old's bedroom. <laughs> yeah, that, would be, that would be a bigger problem. Oh, excuse me? And phone the police and turn myself <laughs> All on me, officer. Uh, <laughs> honest mistake, gov. Because uh, um, at uni, there was, a, there was a girl in my halls who white A4 papered the entire room. Mental. The entire room. I hope she's top to bottom. What's she, what's what she, she up to now? I don't know what she's up to now. And well, what does she have on the white paper? Nothing. Oh. No, it was like, so you walked oh in, it was God. white. And again, that would be an unsettling thing to walk into, wouldn't it? So it wasn't like um, Gatsby feels with the feces? No, no. Gatsby feels quite, I don't know, like um, seven or something like that. You know, it feels very unsettling. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's mental. What? Well, I mean, I just really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you get like, you know the cool, you know the really cool cover? Well, he gets like, me. The big, like, like the big, the big <laughs> Scott Fitzgerald gets you. Right, okay. <laughs> you could have got a poster. You didn't have to like make most of a wall the Great Gatsby. Um, yeah, I probably didn't, Ed, but you know, I was 14 and what were you doing then, you know? When you were 14, I'd have been 11. Fuck off, you are not three years younger than me. How old are you? I'm just turned 27. So two years younger than me. When are you 30? So pack it in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm about two and a half years younger than you. No, you're definitely two years younger than me because... What year were you born? We were, none of your business. <laughs> but <laughs> we were in America at the same time. But that's because you did like two gap years? Yeah, two. There's a really good click hole article. I didn't do gap year. I, I did sorry, my a you went to university I just didn't do my A-levels until late. Sorry, that's school. what I meant. Yeah. That's what I meant. I didn't go on a gap year. Don't, don't fucking give them ammunition. <laughs> I was working in a pub, all right? <laughs> Graduate from the school of life, actually. Uh, school of hard knocks. I haven't been to Southeast Asia, all right? I'd Dude, like to, sick. but I haven't. Uh, there's a really good click hole article uh, which fabricates correspondence between Ernest Hemingway and F. Scott Fitzgerald. <laughs> and Hemingway's like, Scott, so great to read uh, the latest manuscript of Gatsby, but I must... Raise a problem with the character Ernest Hemingway, which <laughs> you insist there's no resemblance to me, who you describe as more rat than jackal and more jackal than rat. It's really good. Do you think the audience are annoyed, given how much politics has happened today, that we're about five or six minutes in, I mean, not having mentioned it? It's pretty standard fare, There isn't were it? comments asking what I was going to say about Hemingway the other week. And I was just going to say how sanctimonious he is, I now realise. Yeah, it would never cut all the pages to one of his books and plaster them around the rules, <laughs> walls of my 14-year-old bedroom. No, but then he wasn't writing for me, was he? Who's writing for men? Yeah, the sort yeah. the sort of boy that resonated with so. Catcher in the Rye. He was writing for them. No, I, I think it's a different That's guy. JD Salinger. No, I said the sort of boy that was resonating right. with Catcher in the Rye. I, got I, think, I think they're different people. What you think? It's a different boy. Wasn't well, I liked? I like Hemingway and didn't love Catcher. Oh, I like Catcher. No, no, actually, men like... contain multitudes. I'll have you know. <laughs> the sort of boy we can, like, who was like, more like, than one author at a public school and was like. 
I'm too cool to be here. I'm going to rebel. <laughs> you and get fucking expelled. phonies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it, mm, yeah. I'm going to join the Spanish Civil War. On which side? I did a podcast the other day with this guy who was talking about how he got expelled from public school four times. And I didn't say this, but I did want to say, so your parents paid out all that fucking money for you to go to school and you repaid them is it like, by not going and getting expelled four times. Is it like rigid. when a prem club sacks a manager, they have to like pay out the contract. If you get, if you get expelled from private <laughs> you school, get do, your pa- do your parents have to like finish off the rest of the year in fees? interesting. I don't know. Someone should ask. Uh-huh. If you are a private school listening to this, let us know. It's most of the audience, I you imagine. Know, yeah, guilty, guilty private school kids. Um, <laughs> just the host. Yeah, just me. <laughs> just me. Um, shall we do the politics? Yeah. yeah. So traditionally with the Wednesday, we obviously review Prime Minister's questions, but that, that was kind of overshadowed, preceded, wasn't it, by the ruling in the Supreme Court upholding that the government's uh, Rwanda plan was unlawful in a unanimous decision. Um, and that ended an 18-month legal battle, which has cost the government £140 million in payments to the Rwandan government. Announcing the judgment, Lord Reid said, asylum seekers slash those who've arrived illegally in the UK and since Rwanda would be at, quote, real risk of being returned to their country of origin, whether their grounds to claim asylum were justified or not, and this would be in breach of international law. And uh, this was... Well, it's been spoken about in the Commons by Cleverly afterwards, but maybe we'll do PMQs. We'll do Scott Benson's question during PMQs as a way of talking about this. Shall we do that? No. Mm. Roll the clip. Tackling illegal immigration is a crucial issue for my constituents, many of whom will be extremely disappointed at this morning's judgment from the Supreme Court. Is the Prime Minister able to update the House on what this decision means for the government's plan to tackle illegal immigration? Prime Minister. Well, can I thank my honourable friend for his question? I know he has championed this issue and it matters to his constituents. Uh, as I said, the judgment confirms that the principle of removing asylum seekers to a safe third country is lawful. The government has already been working in advance on a new treaty with Rwanda, which we will finalise in light of today's judgment, so to address the challenges that were raised. But let me say this again. If it becomes clear that our domestic legal frameworks or international conventions are still frustrating plans at that point, I am prepared to change our laws and revisit those international relationships. The British people expect us to do whatever it takes to stop the boats, and that is precisely what this government will deliver. So, um, the crucial line there from Rishi Sunak, I am prepared to change our laws and revisit those international relationships. Uh, Ava, what is going on here? Give us give us the lowdown, the 411, what's happening? Well, so that's actually fascinating that Sunak said that during PMQs because straight after that, James Cleverly, new Home Secretary, gave um, a, a statement to the House and he was taking questions from MPs and he was asked, you know, is this not the time to haul us out of the, well, you know, in so many words, should we not come out of the ECHR? Because clearly we can't get anything done while we're in it. And he said... Um, it would be great if I had my bit of paper ready. <laughs> um, he, he just said no, basically. That's <laughs> he said. <laughs> You're all fucking nuts, I wish I'd put way. a little note on that. Oh, do you know why? Because I didn't write it down. It mm. happened just before we came on. But no, he, he, he basically said, like, we're, we're not going to be um, hauling ourselves out of international agreements. Um, and I think the quiet bit that was not said there was just to please, please Braverman and the six other people who were going to write letters of no confidence. Mm. Well, according to The Telegraph, uh, it's a third of the cabinet who believe that the UK should join pariah states, Russia and Belarus, outside of the European Convention of Human Rights. So, sensible. That would be in good company, wouldn't it? Yeah. Very, very good company. Get a lot done. 
I mean, it kind of if the if the Conservative Party does swing towards that, it's it's kind of the uh, fulfilment of the it becomes it becomes the Lee Anderson Party, doesn't it? It becomes the fuck off back to France party uh, if it if it achieves that the sort of the nativism, the xenophobia, the the fetishizing of British sovereignty that so characterised the Brexit vote and this sort of new populist right strain of the party. It's sort of it's fait accompli. It's get, it's got there. But I don't think that they, so they don't think that they need to go to the ECHR. So the exact thing he said was that the government cannot just vote themselves out of international commitments. That's what he said to Simon Clark, who was obviously part of that mm. um, backbencher revolt. There was also a statement that came through from Rishi Sunak, who'd been on the phone to Kagame, the Rwandan, Rwanda's Kagame. And they said both leaders reiterated their firm commitment to making our migration partnership work and agreed to take the necessary steps to ensure this is a robust and lawful policy. That to me, oh, and twinned with another statement that Rishi Sunak released earlier, which is the Supreme Court has confirmed that the principle of sending illegal migrants to a safe third country is lawful. So they think they can get around this without leaving the ECHR. I actually don't think that that question is on the table or in the, you know, in the eyesight of the cabinet. Would it not just require Rwanda to massively improve the way that they would, like their human rights record and the way they treat vulnerable yeah. people and to stop extrajudicially killing people. It's the... the, the but once you do it once, man. <laughs> big ass, <laughs> to be fair. Let me but, tell you, it's hard to but fucking in, stop. Say in like five years and Rwanda is a human rights haven, then this can go ahead. That's like the argument, isn't it? So the argument is that 15 months ago when this began and the evidence was originally submitted, there wasn't anything properly built that would house... <clears throat> the asylum seekers that you were sending there. And there was also not a guarantee that they, they would not suffer ill treatment. But the, since then, the Home Office have said, well, we're going to have someone from Britain there at all times to oversee the treatment of said asylum seekers. And also we've built this hostel or acquired a hostel. So it's all fine and dandy. Um, there was concern from charities that that new post that they'd created for a British person to basically be making sure no one was being whipped would mean that it would go through, mm -hmm. but it didn't. Yeah. I think it's the, I think this, this question is kind of, uh, it's a proxy, isn't it? For the, the upcoming battle for the soul of the conservative party. The one that Suella Braverman and most of the other sort of semi big beasts in the party have already sort of pitched towards fighting that Rish Sunak at, at least hasn't admitted he's focusing on, which is, between that hard right of the party, the Suella Bravman side that is calling to leave the Euro European Convention of Human Rights and perhaps a more moderate wing um, that the kind of the, peculiar, the pecu peculiarity of like recent Rishi Sunak's politics. So what did he say? Ending, he recently gave a speech where he was talking about ending the 30 year political consensus that's failed everyone. And then yesterday or the day before, reappointed David Cameron yep. as, far, as Foreign Secretary. A uh, bit of, shall we say, cognitive dissonance there that he kind of would imply that he's now about to try and fight an election campaign as a social liberal, mm -hmm. um, which again kind of flies in the face of well, everything he's done in his year or so in power. Um, I think there has to be a degree of honesty from these people when they say they want to leave the European Convention of Human Rights because I, I think it, it begs the question, okay, well... Which which parts of it do you have a problem with? Which specifically, which bit of it do you want to get rid of? You know, because uh, the Good Friday Agreement literally uh, is is connected to the European Convention of Human Rights. Part of the treaty is about uh, it being upheld in Northern Ireland. The EU Withdrawal Agreement is contingent on it as well for co cooperation on issues of 
um, crime and security. And I actually, uh, I went and looked at the European Convention of Human Rights for this podcast. I thought it would be a useful piece of research. Yeah. Um, here are some of the articles of said convention. And I think we should ask conservative politicians, specifically say which of these it is they have a problem with. Um, is it Article 1, an obligation to respect human rights? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, can, that was you easy. Ro- can you role play it? Yeah, okay. yeah sure, sure. <laughs> um, uh, Deputy Chairman, <laughs> Mr. Anderson. Hello. <laughs> It's me. <laughs> you can only do that because because you're Scottish. I think. Yeah, that's true. I think it's racist. As is as is Lee Anderson. Anti-English so guy. <laughs> Should I just do my own voice? Don't let the lads. It might detract from the for the impression if I do. Don't, a voice. Let, don't let the lads at the cenotaph hear you doing that. They won't. Okay. Be happy. <laughs> I'll okay. Do my own is voice. it is it Article Two a right to life? Yep. <laughs> is it Article Three a prohibition of torture and cruel, inhuman, and degrading treatment? It's also that. <laughs> Is it Article 4, a prohibition of slavery and forced labour? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that one. Is it Article 5, a right to liberty and security? Yes. Is it Article 6, a right to a fair trial? Yep. Is it Article 7, no punishment without law? Yeah, no, that one's bad too. (laughs) Is it Article 8, a right to respect privacy and family life? Yeah, no, that's, that's bad. Is it... Is it Article 9, freedom of thought, conscience, and religion? <laughs> oh, that's for lefty lawyers. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> yeah, no freedom of thought from Lee Anderson. Uh, Article 10, freedom of expression? Absolutely not. Article 11, freedom of assembly and association? Only for good, honest men. <laughs> that maybe that's for Article 12, the right to marry? Only <laughs> a good, honest man and a good, honest woman. Of course. And then there's, they get a bit more uh, sort of airy fairy at this point, but the the right to an effective remedy, i.e., sort of redress if these are if these are breached, and then prohibition of discrimination. Especially that one. That's the one we hate. <laughs> no, it's a. So you take that's not all of them. That's not exhaustive, but I kind of I, I cut the ones off that were less 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 humdingers. But the point the point stands. Um, if you don't. You, you kind of have to go, well, these things are actually they're sort of relatively important. They sound quite good. And if you don't want any of them to apply, I think you have to have pretty solid justification for it. And to follow that up, they might say, yeah, no, actually, we don't. It's not, it's not the, the ban on torture. No, obviously, we want, we want to keep, we, we never, never do anything like that. I think the, 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 the amount of good faith that you can extend to the Conservative Party when they say, you just got to trust us. Definitely nothing to do about torture or murder, your right to marry, freedom of association. No, that's all fine. Even though we've attacked some of those things already in government. No, 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 no. It's just about kicking people out of the country. I think you have to say, fuck you. I don't believe you. Well, I mean, Liz Truss actually had a really good idea of something we should abolish um, just yesterday. I'd love to hear it. So she co-signed something that was uh, brought out by the think tank, the Growth Commission, um, which called for the the abolition of the minimum wage. (laughs) Fuck's sake. Is she not embarrassed? Like, <laughs> no, pre- she's clearly not no, embarrassed. Like, <laughs> you're Prime Minister for 40 days. 44, please. Excuse me, 44 uh, days. Yeah. It's more than any of us have been Prime Minister Actually, to, give her, to give her her due. Yeah. But you're out there being like, just missing the most mental things which have no basis in any popularity. You're making yourself look like a knob. Is that her, is that her for the rest of her life? Is that all she's going to do? Just say painful things and make us all listen because she's afforded the gravitas of an ex-Prime Minister. Well, she's also going to go to Remembrance Sunday and state funerals, so <laughs> true, she'll be busy. That is true. Um, I've got actually a really funny tidbit that you might enjoy. Excellent. There is um, a Secretary of State, not currently a Secretary of State, or is he still a Secretary of State? Anyway, 
they're living off the taxpayer in one of the um, sort of the houses that you get mm-hmm. um, because you are state minister of yeah, state because you've been allowed to by the prime minister mm-hmm. and um, Liz Truss tried to evict him but it takes a month to evict someone from that lodging and she wasn't there long enough so by the time she started the process she was already <laughs> out <laughs> so he's still there good for him that's sick yeah he's been there for quite a while actually you know how Yvette Cooper made the point about there's been so many home secretaries in eight years can you name them all I've got the list Oh, good. Braverman twice. Oh, do you keep that with you? Oh, I thought you were going to pull out a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually, sorry, it's a tattoo I've got. <laughs> yeah. I'd like them in order from... From when? 2016. Theresa May. Yep. Amber Rudd. Yep. She resigns over Windrush. She goes to DWP. And she is replaced by Sajid Javid. Yep. Mm, okay. Post Saj, you get Pretty Patel. Mm-hmm. Then you get Suella Braverman. Yep. Then there's a down period of six days. And this is the tough one because this is during Boris Johnson. Everyone's resigning. Who? 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 That's, I'm going to put a question mark over that one. It's then Suella Braverman again. Yep. And then it's James Cleverly. Very good. Yep. Do you have any guesses, Ava, for who the middle, the missing one is? No. Potential candidates. Nadim Zahawi, mm-hmm. because I think he had about three or four <laughs> different jobs. <laughs> he was just all, all, all at once. He did a real good, like, I have, I have full confidence in the Prime Minister 24 hours later. Uh, that's, I, what, I that's, what, that's why my portrait is in the Treasury. Who was was it someone a bit nothing? No. Hey. Who was that? Prominent. I think I know Go on then. Grant Chaps. Yeah. Oh, very good. The, if you didn't hear that, the audience, Sean said Grant Chaps. Yeah, very very good. good. The Minister for the Today programme. Minister for, oh, very good. Very good. Very droll. Minister for everything. Um, yeah, cool. So, press conference at 4.45. This episode will be out before then, so we don't know what he's going to say, but... I doubt it will be anything, no. Can we guess? <laughs> Are we were wrong. <laughs> yeah. We did not realise the extent to which this was unlawful. I am mortified. <laughs> oh. Boris I Johnson. don't think it'll be that. Oh my god. Oh. I had no idea. On a sliding That's what scale. Rwanda was like. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. On a sliding scale, that being at one end, yeah. enemies of the people being at the other. Where do we think it's going to land? So enemies of the people is like a 10. Enemies of the people is above Ava. Like wow, 10, okay, one. that's nice. And I think Rwanda like, actually bad idea is okay. I think like an 8. Okay. 7 or 8 on that scale. So not full like no. fascist incitement against the judiciary, no. but solid undermining of democratic and I think they're norms. really trying to calm it down. I think they are. I think they want to win this in due process. I think they want to win it in the Supreme Court without doing anything drastic. I think they What's want, your basis? But they've lost it. That. Well, I actually laid this out earlier, so I'm I'm sorry that you weren't listening, but that's okay. So, <laughs> well, I laid out that I don't think that they want to leave the ECHR, and I gave you a, a set sorry, of no, clues of why didn't. I don't think that they want to leave it. Um, so that was the basis for that thinking. Mm. Um, Boris Johnson's written a column. Oh, good. Emergency column. <laughs> Claxon. Oh. Ah. <laughs> Send them jo- down. Geordie Greg and Paul Dacre at the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Boris, Boris. <laughs> Go on. 
<laughs> you looked as if I was with such disdain there, Ava. No, I just I didn't know whether to correct you about them not being there anymore. But then I thought uh, I'll just let you crack on. Still there, still still there in spirit, aren't they? Um, so he, I mean, there's this great line in it, which is like, you may be risking your life, you may be breaking the law, but once you set foot on the shores of England, you're in, and there's not a darn thing they can do about it. It's like, okay, so did you go and speak to a couple of people smugglers and ask them, like, what the sell is? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> That's going to be blasted on the side of all their adverts yeah. that they have. Well, you know how he, had, he put it on the bus, right? Yeah. But this, this one can go on the boat. Yeah. So yeah. He, by the end of the year, he'll have covered off most transport <laughs> <laughs> with slogans on the side of it, right? Yeah, probably. Insane behaviour. He also was lamenting there not being any other option apart from Rwanda. Hasn't considered providing safe and legal routes. That would be the top one. Yeah. Not to go on. But that Afghan, Afghan, I was going to, Afghanistan scheme has been closed for a really long time now. Mm. It filled up straight away mm. and is not open for business. So I don't know where else you want them to go. No. Uh, in reference to the intro as well, Dominic Cummings tweeted, didn't he? And uh, he, he said, if vote leave has stayed in number 10, the boats would have stopped, our borders would be controlled, terrorists would be terrorised, and, be, <laughs> and there would be no taxpayer-funded wedding for Belfield, a reference to Levi Belfield, the serial killer who's um, trying to get married in prison, and then followed up with uh, this payoff line, end the pedos and terrorists' defence act a.k.a. the European Convention on Human Rights slash Human Rights Act. See, the terrorists will be terrorised. Yeah, thing. fucking, who doesn't agree with that, my man? But, but that, that was probably a reference to torture. Well, yeah. if, if you're committing terrorism against <laughs> terrorists... We've cracked it! <laughs> We've cracked it! <laughs> like, that's cruel and unusual punishment. Surely. Article 3, my man! <laughs> oh, I would really love to ex put a... I don't know. <laughs> I would love to do a suicide bomb on you. <laughs> Terrorist. It's very Guy Fawkes, isn't it? Yeah, uh, but unfortunately, due to the pesky ECHR, we cannot punish you appropriately. I think I think that's a you saying the quiet part loud. Would you say Guy Fawkes is the ultimate patriot? No, he tried to blow up the king. <laughs> that's the opposite. Oh. <laughs> the opposite of patriotism, oh. surely. You see. <laughs> <laughs> Bootlicker Ed Campbell. <laughs> Based V for Vendetta, Ollie Dugmore. <laughs> that's yeah, actually Guy Fox was the ultimate patriot man. <laughs> Smoking weed's cool, by the way. That's J.S. Durden talking. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie with his hat turned around is J.S. Durden. Blow them all up, man. You heard me on the last episode, Ed. Blow it all up, man. Smoking reefer and blowing up the House of Parliament. Do you, do you think Guy Fawkes was the ultimate patriot? I asked you. We've answered the question. And you could say that your son's you like, silence I, says everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, whether or not you want to carry on having a lobby pass probably dictates how you answer that question. Well, I obviously don't think he is. That's why <laughs> that I posed such obvious. a ridiculous question. Well, you didn't expect the answer I gave you, did you? No, that's why Jay Surgeon is not allowed <laughs> in, in Parliament. <laughs> My alter ego. Uh, um... And then Leanne had said that they should just fly the planes anyway. <laughs> and, quote, ignore the laws and send them straight back. Absolutely. Tell you, he's, got, he's, got, he's got some great ideas, Lee. He's tremendous. This is... There was a really harrowing story, thread that this girl wrote the other day um, about this 
British Airways flight she was going on. She was like off to Jamaica, right? So she's obviously going on her package holiday, probably headed to Sandals, lovely. And then like in the back of the plane, there is someone who is being deported. Now, this, is a, this is a good news story because he got off the plane oh. and he's fine and everything. But apparently he was being restrained by six people. And there is something darkly comedic about you heading off to your package holiday and trying to enjoy that little glass of Prosecco they've brought around. And there's someone in the back being restrained by six people yeah, and being taken off. You'd be, it would, it would, your holiday would be off on the wrong footing. And that's the real tragedy of this. Yeah, quite. But you know what's <laughs> mad? That guy didn't even... <laughs> you know you know when like, you go back to school after the summer holidays and you have to write like, what I did on my holiday? Yeah. Like, me and mummy and daddy got on the plane. And then six home office officers. Go on. Please, Ed. Six <laughs> patriots. <laughs> Go on. Six cenotaph defenders. I sat next to him as he was bound to his chair. I, I would um, feel enthused at, at the civic vigour uh, of modern, <laughs> modern, modern Britain in action uh, if I saw that. That's like the British values that we taught in schools. So I'd, no I'd, I'd be... I'd be be overjoyed that my my package holiday ticket was subsidising the deportation of a man back to Jamaica. Your hat's on the right way, so I'm confused. About this is. <laughs> <laughs> is this JS or is this, is um, this Ollie? We haven't, um, but I know... Can I just say it's sucky behaviour from BA? Sucky behaviour to take that contract. Mm. Anyway, carry on. Uh... We have a Ed. You're you're back in the room, and we've we've barely addressed the cenotaph in its defence. Oh yeah, maybe should we talk about that? Well, he well? brought it with him. Absolutely, the cenotaph is. <laughs> it, He's in the green room, just off screen, <laughs> ready for everyone to touch as much as they want. <laughs> as is your rights as Englishman. You listen. To I've the not episode. been allowed to touch it. <laughs> I've not been allowed. <laughs> What's that fucking stone in Scotland that they always lose? Stone of destiny. Yeah. That's going to go down well. What's that fucking stone in Scotland? I think it's a fair enough question. It's not like something that's at the forefront of everyone's mind. Ava, you may have forgotten on the last episode, I said it was every Englishman's right to fuck the cenotaph. So yeah. I think... But not the stone of destiny. <laughs> Absolutely not. That remains a Scots soul right. You know what I thought was incredible about the feedback from that, from the trolls, you know, the comment trolls? Yeah. They were like completely oversight, overlooked you saying that every Englishman should be able to fuck the cenotaph <laughs> and then went for how I was like well it's it's not sentient and they were like how dare she <laughs> how dare she that contains the memory of all the deceased soldiers <laughs> honestly honestly oh. he's correct <laughs> <laughs> I should get the fuck the cenotaph and they should be able to know about it <laughs> she does remember me <laughs> Uh, any takeaways from your weekend? Um, yeah, it was. Where would you like me to start? From the beginning? As all, as all good <laughs> stories do, please start at the end, go back to the beginning, do a little bit of the middle, and then we come back to the end for a nice cyclical narrative. Okay, excellent. Um, the end, we all saw the good Englishman rushing the cenotaph. What we need to get to the bottom of, what, were, what did they want? I think you probably talked about this, but what was. They wanted to defend the cenotaph. Mm. It was, there was a large police presence. They're like, no, 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 time to fucking, let me do it. <laughs> get it, get it, hand over your badge, buster. <laughs> me and the hammer boys are here to fucking do this properly. Extra judicial policing is what they were campaigning for. Mm. Yeah, what um, would they have done once they got there? Once they got past the barricade, they're with it. What do they do then? All right. Scanning. Didn't, <laughs> didn't they all solemnly bow their heads for two minutes? Is that not what happened? 
uh, during the actual bit. They rushed the police, didn't they? They broke through the police line and then they all sort of congregated around it and observed like a minute silence. But was that with the already planned two minute silence? Because that, that's already been going on. I think they got there for 11, didn't they? Yeah, they moved. They moved. They were, I think they moved down at like quarter to 11. Mm. So they wanted. At the Churchill statue, the minute sil- two minute silence was immaculately observed to their credit. And then followed by chanting of Allah is a pedo. I didn't hear any of that at the Churchill statue. Didn't happen then, did it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it happened after. Yeah, it definitely did. No one said anything about about it. I've he seen was the video. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was distributing the hymn sheet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it was uh, some interesting people we met. Um, it was interesting as well. People, lots of people, most people didn't want to speak to us. Mm. Which I think was an interesting. But why? They're freedom loving patriots and they believe in. Uh... I think they're on football banning orders. And probably oh, what? Like it's a violation of their probation? Probably something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, sorry, mate. Can't talk to 17 year olds anymore. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, football, football banning orders. Yeah. What, so they couldn't attend Cenotaph or probably. Or probably can't <laughs> congregate with, like right. their, with, their, with their firms. Right, got you. Um, most likely. The last time you were here, you fucked it. <laughs> so you, <laughs> you cannot come back. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Total Rhubarb. It's the Politics Show Pubcast. Nick Smith and Kevin Brennan asked the following questions on David Cameron during Prime Minister's questions. Roll the clip. He just said he had unprecedented experience. What would he say was David Cameron's finest foreign policy achievement? Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Speaker. Mr. Speaker, I think there's, there's Mr. Speaker, in fact, many, many to pick from. But what I would say, what I would say is under his leadership, this country, this country hosted what was widely considered to be one of the most successful G8 summits of recent time. David Cameron was the well-paid public face of Lex Greensill. Greensill's companies are facing criminal investigations in Switzerland, Germany and here in the UK. David Cameron messaged ministers and officials 62 times over Greensill's COVID loan guarantees. The Treasury Select Committee called this a significant lack of judgment. What does his appointment say about the Prime Minister's own judgment? Yeah. Prime Minister, Mr. 
Minister, Mr Speaker, as the Honourable Gentleman knows, the Government commissioned Nigel Boardman to review all those issues and strengthen the system following those recommendations. Uh, but I'm very confident, Mr Speaker, that this nation will be well represented by the former Prime Minister abroad. He's a Prime Minister with unrivalled experience of foreign affairs, will help Britain navigate an uncertain world in challenging times. And in contrast, the party opposite would offer to the country a shadow Foreign Secretary who backed his predecessor to be leader, was paid to appear on Russian television and even voted against Trident. Does that sound like a man who should represent Britain? Ava, so uh, Nick Smith there questioning the Prime Minister in relation to David Cameron's relationship to Lex Greensill. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the question I think that's been on all of the, the public's lips, actually, for the past couple of days, which is how on earth does a man leave the role of Prime Minister, then lobby a whole load of ministers, refuse to turn up to um, a select committee hearing about how you potentially let Libya fall into a civil war. Why has no one ever asked questions about this guy's relationship with President Xi? You know, he's just, Nick Smith's asking the sensible questions. Mm -hmm. He's asking, Prime Minister, is your judgment good on this? Have you got your bifocals on? Because, (laughs) (laughs) you know, this isn't looking good to us. But I thought Kevin Brennan really had actually the, um, he had the good jibe that we all look forward to and yearn for at Prime Minister's questions. And he really uh, he really got him on that. Sunak was not expecting to have to name one good thing that <laughs> David Cameron had done. So embarrassing. He was not ready. <laughs> really caught him off guard there. Hosted the G8. Which we all remember. We all remember the achievements of the G8. How can you not? What, what, what did you like the most about the G8? That it went well and David Cameron was in charge of it. Well then... Do you know what? Kevin Brennan, you can... Suck <laughs> like a fat one. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows that G8 was the best one of all time. I actually thought he was going to say the Olympics when he was saying like, well, he hosted a very successful international... I thought he was going to say the 2012 Olympics. Me too. Olympics. I genuinely thought that as well. You know what? There was an absolute corker of a tweet this morning. Oh, was it good? Go for it. Someone had tweeted <laughs> saying that we were yearning for the 2010s. Oh, yeah, but the living standards. Of yeah, so um, we were yearning. <laughs> I wonder if some of the nostalgia around Cameron, what he represents rather than what he actually did, is born out of a tacit admiss- admission that will never return to the living standards of the 2010s. <laughs> you know, when 300,000 people died mm. uh, because of austerity measures. Um, and, you know, you couldn't walk around your local town without walking into a betting shop or a cash for gold or a Wonga outlet. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. British workers are still paid less in real terms than when David Cameron came to power. So arguably, we'd be yearning for that time because yeah, fair enough, <laughs> that would better. be better. <laughs> but then it was now. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I don't. Know, I think David Cameron has kind of it was the midwife almost to the inequality, the degradation of the British state, the underinvestment, which has led us to the, this situation now, where you know. Um, uh, any a particular town in like the allegedly prosperous southeast of England is now a mile behind a comparable town in Poland or East Germany. Um, the, the 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 slow attrition of the British state um, and its capacity to do literally anything. I think. Well, you, the argue, you make the argument it starts with like neoliberalism and Tony Blair, but David Cameron is kind of like the continuation of that, and it just it it blows my mind that he's somehow viewed as the Messiah. That he's that he's you know his glorious return is going to usher in a golden era of conservatism. Next week, we'll see the polls and nothing will have changed. And they'll go, mm. shit, right? We've got went fucking nuclear mm. and done nothing. Turns out, 
the public don't like David Cameron very much and aren't reminiscent for his coalition of chaos and then botched two further years in government. Mm. One and a half years. But he's doing well. We've got to praise him today, Sunak. Do we? Yes. Oh, Sunak, sorry, why? Because he halved inflation. Oh, yeah. And obviously he wasn't responsible for the original 10% mm. inflation. That would have nothing to do with the soaring fuel prices, soaring energy prices, um, you know, supermarkets allowed to charge whatever they want to, <clears throat> wage stagnation, nothing to do with any of that. Mm -hmm. But he's halved it now, and so we should say thank you. And the good thing is that means uh, things are, are going to cost less. Well, no, they're going to what? cost... <laughs> no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so why is this a good thing? So they're not going to continually rise at 10%. Right. So it's actually not that good. Well, it depends. I like paying more for things. It's like... <laughs> I, like I like tipping my landlord. I like going down to the shop, paying £2 for pasta, and then bending over so the shopkeeper... <laughs> <laughs> Then I give him a tip. Just the. <laughs> <laughs> Inflation's down to 4.6%. Yeah. Success. What did you think we were just what, talking were you about? Listening? It's one of the five priorities, isn't it? What did you think we were just talking about? Uh, it sounded to me like you were talking about being fucked by the butcher. So <laughs> I'm just trying to just, just trying to move we the conversation on. You moved it back. <laughs> we were talking yeah, about yeah. inflation. <laughs> we were talking about inflation. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just, just trying to move it away from... <laughs> sorry, okay, no, you guys go ahead. <laughs> right, no, no, as we do, were saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm done there now, I think. Cool, on to the next one then. This <laughs> <laughs> is the shopkeepers. <laughs> we have never had it so good. It's the Politics Show podcast. MP Leader Stephen Flynn. Yeah. 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 Mr Speaker, in 2010, the then Prime Minister and now Foreign Secretary David Cameron said that people in Gaza are living under constant attacks and pressure in an open-air prison. Does the current Prime Minister not agree that if there is not an immediate ceasefire, then all of us in this chamber will be watching on as that open-air prison is turned into a graveyard? Yeah. Yeah. Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, no one can deny the suffering that the people in Gaza are undergoing at the moment. I spoke about this on Monday and I spoke about it consistently with Mahmoud Abbas, the President of the Palestinian Authority, which is why we're doing everything we can to get aid into the region. And we have repeatedly and consistently called for humanitarian pauses to get aid in and to get hostages and those that need to get out foreign nationals as quickly as possible. And we'll continue, as the Foreign Secretary will do, to make sure that that happens. Prime Minister, thank you for meeting with my constituent, Noam. It has been 40 days since Noam's mum, Ada Sagi, was kidnapped by Hamas on October the 7th. We all condemn Hamas's actions and fight for the return of all hostages. Naomi wants the language of love to be louder than the language of hate. 11,000 Palestinians have been killed, over 4,000 of them children. International law is important. Does the Prime Minister agree that you can support Israel but also call out breaches of international law? I've been consistent from the start that whilst Israel has a right to defend itself, it is important 
that it complies with international law. It's a point I have made on every meeting or phone conversation that I've had with Prime Minister Netanyahu. And I also, it was a privilege to meet her constituents and to hear the pain that they are going through, which I have enormous sympathy for, which is why we're doing absolutely everything we can to bring hostages home. A couple of questions then in PMQs. Stephen Flynn and Dawn Butler both talking about uh, the situation in Israel. Um, Ava, you interviewed Stephen Flynn yesterday. I did. Um, what did what did the big man also by the voted um, the hardest man in Westminster by the fence? I don't mm. know if you saw yeah, that. I saw that. Good article. Good article because it made me realise that his wife is called Lynn Flynn. Absolutely. Which is enough to, to have to... I wonder what her maiden name was. Because that was only been an unfortunate name once she gets married. Pin. Quinn. Yeah, both good. Maybe it was just Lynn. <laughs> Lynn Lynn. Lynn Lynn. Don't you have a friend who's got two? Uh, no, my, one of my IT teachers at school whose surname was Colliver had a kid whilst we were at school and called him Oliver. No, he didn't. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Why would you do that? So he's called Oliver Colliver, Ed. <laughs> Ollie Collie. Which would be nicknames, apparently, according. <laughs> so I went to interview Stephen Flynn yesterday about the um, amendment that the SNP are putting down. Mm. Um, that amendment will ask parties to consider moving. It's a really complicated amendment because it's not a ceasefire amendment. It's to get the government to consider looking at ceasefire options, right? Mm. That's not the exact wording. I imagine that the speaker's probably reworded it a bit nicer than that. Mm-hmm. He still hasn't selected it at time of record. Really? Um, and last night, the, the SNP were in a bit of a, not a panic, because they don't panic. They're, you know, well, you know, hardest man, hardest MP. You hear that? The SNP, cool as fucking I said, you've, got the, you've got the hardest man in <laughs> Westminster at the helm. But anyway, so it's, um, the speaker said it had to be cross-party of MPs who co-signed the amendment and then he'd select it. And so a lot of Labour MPs have now put their names to it, which could potentially mean an automatic uh, suspension or expulsion from the party today. He, uh, he's, Starmer's just reserving that for the front bench, isn't he? Allegedly. Yes, but I've spoken to those MPs who have put their name on the amendment and they, they're not holding their breath. Mm. They're, 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 going, they're going to back it and to vote with the knowledge that they may lose the whip. Mm. He'll have a lot of MPs to lose. Yeah, it would be. And also what's fascinating is that... Um, is this what people mean when they say that Rishi Sunak gets to play politics on easy mode? Where it's like Keir Starmer is literally like sacking his own MPs. Yeah. <laughs> like, Have more of a majority, <laughs> yeah, yeah, We've worked really hard to win all these by-elections. Yeah, stop asking for a fucking majority. ceasefire. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, go yeah. on. Um, so Kate Osborne is one of those MPs who will be voting for a ceasefire. Well, not a ceasefire, as I've explained. But anyway, ceasefire later this evening if the amendment is selected. And um, she also is putting down another amendment to the King's speech, which is to ban any talk of conversion therapy, just to get it put in law. We're not doing that in this country. Now, that's really interesting because she's been in contact with a load of Conservative MPs who will vote with her on that. Mm. So you've now got a potential Tory rebellion on your hands. It was in the 2019 manifesto, wasn't it? A ban on conversion therapy. Yeah, but then they were like, actually... We'd quite like to whip up a bit more of a storm and make the LGBT community feel a bit more afraid. You know, mm-hmm. they've been really relaxing over the past couple of years. Forever. Yeah, well, you know. They feel far too safe. <laughs> um, far too good. So potentially by the end of the day, Kate Osborne could not be a Labour MP, but could have orchestrated a, a pretty seismic Tory rebellion. What interesting. They should have had mm. at work. 
I, for one, think the gays have been enjoying their Article 12, 14, <laughs> 3, and possibly 9 rights far yeah. too much. For, for, the, for those idiots who don't know those references <laughs> off by heart. Don't feel, stop fucking listening to the podcast if you don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> you know about politics, do you? <laughs> fucking moron. Could you remind the idiot listener what those ones are? Uh, yeah, that would be uh, a prohibition on torture. Um, <laughs> uh, a right to respect privacy and family life, um, a right to marry, and a prohibition of discrimination. Yeah, they're fucking too cushy on those ones, aren't they? Fucking woke cunts. Uh, thank God, Esther McVeigh is in cabinet. She'll be fighting the scourge. The scourge of gay people. The scourge of trans ideology. Absolutely. Her. Thank God. Going around beating up gay people. Like the 80s. <laughs> Are we keeping that in? <laughs> I, I think we should. Okay. I, would, I, I think, I, I, let me be the first to say, I would condemn Esther McVeigh if she did that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On to you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. Is conversion therapy woke? No, I would say banning it's, conversion therapy. Banning, 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 sorry, banning conversion therapy. Because what if woke as fuck? What if someone wanted to be converted from being gay? What then? For audio listeners, he didn't say that with a, a hint of sarcasm. Deadpan. It's completely deadpan. deadpan. That's my opinion. <laughs> Debate me. <laughs> Meet me in the marketplace of ideas. You and me, Senator. Should we? Um, at the end of oh, this, wait. should we put in the clip of the uh, of Bernie Sanders chairing that ridiculous meeting in Congress? Oh, that was good. That's a treat. Yeah, that's a real treat, a uh, real highlight. Yeah, I. Uh, so, okay, so this is you're about to you're about to hear a clip of two, a senator and a union boss nearly having a fight in the middle of a, their version of a select committee. I appreciate your demeanor today. It's quite different. But after you left here, you got pretty excited about the keyboard. In fact, you. Tweeted at me one, two, three, four, five times. And let me read what the last one said. Um, it said, greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. Sir, I wish he was in the truck with me when I was building my plumbing company myself. And my wife was running the office because I sure remember working pretty hard and long hours. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been, always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me, any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold, stop it. Is that your solution? Every poll. No, no, sit down. Oh, Eric, sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Active. Oh, okay, okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Mr. Hold Shin. it. Hold it. If hold we can't, no, I have the mic. Said. I'm sorry. This is hold what it. he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> this is a hearing. And God knows the American people have enough of contempt. But Congress, let's not. I don't make like it worse. thugs and bullies. You, you have, and you have I don't like you because you Hold just it. described yourself. Hold it. You have yeah. the mic. Yeah. You have time. All right. Make your statement. Then let's do this because I did challenge you and I accepted your challenge. 
and you went quiet. No, I didn't go quiet. I was. Oh, I was the, no, no, you no, challenged no, me to a cage match, no, no, acting no, like a twelve-year-old schoolyard no, bully. What's the panel's view on whether or not dueling slash fist fighting uh, should be a fundamental part of the democratic process? Because I think it's there's some real stakes on it, doesn't it? I think it's based. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's an interesting thing. But you could. I don't know because I wouldn't want to. I, I wouldn't want there to be a law where Johnny Mercer is not allowed to say. <laughs> Did you call my wife a prostitute in the Plymouth Herald he comment seek, section? He'd seek satisfaction. I demand it. Pistols at dawn. Uh, hands only. We're only trading hands. Okay. And then, then there's less jeopardy. Yeah, no, for sure. It's No, it's just pride. Okay. And you just get to fucking... Yeah, throw down. Stephen Flynn as What's the hardest What's that? You're landing. putting gloves on? What are you doing? Uh, rolling my shirt sleeves up. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> Did you see the senator? And my gloves. So, yes. <laughs> in my fighting gloves. <laughs> the senator took his, took his <laughs> the senator took his ring off. Did you see? Did he? When he said, "Fuck," when that's so when funny. The union guy goes, "Stand your butt up, then." And he goes, "Okay." Stands up and takes his wedding ring off. It's like this fucking. I'm gonna do some lethal damage with this. That again, that would lend itself to when he says, "We're too." So before he started fighting or mm. trying to fight, he said, "We're two consenting adults." <laughs> Are we fighting or fucking? Like, what are we doing? Both. Taking the wedding ring off would suggest Both. latter. They're about to make love on the floor of the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> what would Bernie Sanders say? As the founding fathers intended. <laughs> <laughs> Two consenting men making beautiful love on the floor. With their fists. <laughs> and Bernie Sanders still hasn't, won't call for a ceasefire. Not on this part. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think as long as they're still scrutinising each other, as long as there's still verbal, you know... Uh, inquisition <laughs> going on. I'm fine if they go adjournment. Your position is intellectually vacuous. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The outcome of the fist fight has no bearing on you know how good a job the select committee is going. But I think if to, if, if if a witness and uh, someone who's questioning them both agree, like let's fucking trade hands. I think okay, fine. Session is adjourned for 15 minutes, three five minute rounds. Is this televised? 100% is okay. televised, yeah. Dana White's already fucking promoted. You'd actually probably do like a good influencer boxing thing of like political rivals. Um, Who's the hardest political, political journalist? Oh, in the way the fence did. Yeah. Who's the hardest politician? Who's the hardest political journalist? Glasgow smile, Ed Campbell. Absolutely. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm He's, from Glasgow yeah. and have a beautiful smile. <laughs> if we're talking in terms of the lobby, I don't think any of them would be... I think once you've got a tash, which is obviously in the works right Absolutely. now. Sure is. I think you make a pretty intimidating Glaswegian character. Yeah, I'm five foot eight. No, five, intimidating character. Head. I'd say in the scope of Glaswegians. No. No, no. No one here. No, no, obviously not. Yeah. In the scope of um, people you know. Papery handed content creators in London. <laughs> <laughs> you're pretty intimidating. Uh huh. In that I have a regional accent. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably right. Should we wrap it there? Yeah. Probably. Thank you very much for listening to the Politics Joe podcast. See you in the subreddit for good face discussion and memes. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.